Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up? It's Rob here from Valley and you're tuning into Tobin Tonight. Right, so the first thing I really want to ask you to start off with is because, again, I, I tell people I know some things about them, but not everything. We like to do some research around here, but if we do too much research, it's almost like, guys, why, why are we having these people on? We know their whole life story. What's the point? It's like, no, give them something to talk about. So, mm-hmm. uh, And I know you've probably heard this question before, so that's why I'm kind of going into a different spin. Like, mm-hmm. I heard that the reason that this band Valley South started was because of a double booking. Now, the, the, my spin on it is you can still tell the story, go ahead for it. But have you ever sent your sister's friends flowers or compliments that she <laughs> kind of helped you all get this together? Because without her, for there sure. is no valley. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. No, it's it's crazy. So, I mean, we we started a band in a, at a time where, like, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to make it sound old because we're not, but it's like. You know, we started a band at a time where like the internet like existed in like a very purified way. Like it wasn't as noisy and as communicate, like there, there was communication, but in a very linear way. It was very like, I talked like, you know, you had MSN, you had Facebook. We had the resemblance, the, the like little resemblance of MySpace from our siblings. Yeah. Like it was, it was kind of like, it just wasn't what it is now for sure. And um, I sat at the end of high school and, you know, the, the real way of like meeting people and doing music and starting shows and whatever, like is it was through like real human interaction, which like obviously is just not as much of a thing anymore. But yeah, the way we met was like very much through, you know, me and Alex were done. Alex, our bass player, we're done high school and we, we weren't ready to go to college. We're like, we want to give this thing like a real shot. So, you know, we're like, okay, we should like rent out a studio somewhere and, and like, just see what happens. Like, we've been playing in bands in high school for years. So my sister had like a best friend in high school that like wanted to like work in a studio. So he just like started interning at a studio and he basically was like the head engineer there at one point. And yeah, basically we just booked some time with him. And then little do we know, we like show up to the studio and Kara and Mickey are also there. They just, he just happened to overbook us or overbook the studio and double book us. And yeah, we both showed up and we're just like, I'm supposed to be here. And then they're like, no, no, no. I think we're supposed to be here. And since then, you know, the rest is history. Like we just like loved each other's music. We we're just kind of like sharing ideas. I think the first song I ever sent to Karen Mickey was like a Fleetwood Mac cover of a song called everywhere that me and Alex did in like his parents' basement. And that kind of started the whole thing. And then the Fleetwood Mac thing is interesting. Cause like that all spans that whole idea. Like a lot of our identity starting out was in Fleetwood Mac. Like we, they're like one of our favorite bands ever um and uh, more so the later years we love all the like uh more crazy yeah, uh, yeah. kind of more rocky stuff earlier and like psych rock stuff but the, the real pop form of that band with stevie and, and everyone coming together is a really beautiful thing for us so 
we later found out that Fleetwood Mac kind of met the same way. There was kind of two separate things. It was like Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie and then, you know, Fleetwood Mac as it was prior to that formation. And they kind of met together at Sound City. So there was this whole like through line with Fleetwood Mac and us meeting that we just felt really grateful and thankful that we met because kind of bringing back all to my first point, like it was a time where, yeah, the internet existed, but it wasn't like I could go online and like find people to start a band with. Like I was like still playing shows at like YMCA's and anywhere I could book a show with my friends. And like, that's how you met people. And that's kind of how we met. And we had zero mutual friends on Facebook, nothing like me and Alex and Kara and Mickey were like so separate, like no mutual friends, nothing. So the odds of us actually meeting, if it wasn't for like the universe double booking us pretty much would be really rare. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. That's the long winded confusing story. I I like that answer, but like the thing I was going to go off of, like when you said about meeting people, it's like, I look at it through different stages of life. Like right now, Mm -hmm. I know we're like post pandemic, but it's almost like no one really prepares you for how you're supposed to interact with people. Like, and I, 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 you can't, you can't because like, you don't know what technology is out there, but I mean, like back in the day when you wanted to add someone on MSN, you still had to go to them and say, Hey, What's you're your kind answer? of interesting. You're interesting enough that I want to like engage or talk with you. What's your email? And they still get to decide to accept you or not accept you. And you don't know about it until they pop up in your yeah. chat mob. But yeah. with Facebook, you see it. Like you literally see a friend's request, and then mm-hmm. next minute it's like, uh, I'm just going to ignore it. And then that person yeah. knows because it's not even <laughs> they like they're aware. Yeah, because yeah. Then your news stuff comes up. Like your stuff comes up in their news feed. And it's like, mm. dude, you get to a point where you get annoyed and you're just like, fucking accept me or delete me. Just yeah. decide, decide my fate. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting, but yeah. And like, you know, now, nowadays it's just changed completely and we've embraced it too. You know, we meet so many collaborators and writers and artists online and everything starts through a DM. But like, you know, I think if we were born, you know, a few years later, I think we maybe would have never met, or maybe we would have met on the internet through a DM or I don't know, like who knows, but I feel like we started a band just on the cusp of like where bands coming up in our town and in our city and in Toronto, we're like all becoming bands and artists just because of like playing shows to no nobody for years and like meeting someone through that. And then, you know, you meet someone's brother and their brother's like, oh yeah, my, like my sister's a drummer. Do you want like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it all yeah. happened through just like literal boots on the ground, like going to shows and being dumb ass teenagers. Like... And now it's like, you kind of do that from your bed. You can go on your phone and just be like, oh, this person sounds cool. I'm going to message them and see if like they want to start a band. Like, it's just so different. I feel like that way with podcasting is like, it's easier said than done where you like send someone a message and you're like, I like your podcast. Like we should like maybe do a podcast together. And they're like, right. Yeah, totally. But it's like, (laughs) I feel like podcasters not to be like mean to other podcasters, but I feel like some of us are kind of like, no. I, I'm doing this by myself. I'm doing this with my buddy. You can go to fuck. And it's like, right. but, I'm here to, but, but I want to collaborate. It's like, I don't trust mm-hmm. you enough to collaborate with you. It's like, we've done well on our own. We don't need you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there can definitely be a lot of that kind of personality projection and anything, but yeah, podcast, I feel like everyone started a podcast over the pandemic. I mean, that was the big joke. It's like, you know, there's so many memes I saw during the, like the later half of the pandemic where it's just like, Oh, my mom and my aunt started a podcast about like cooking bread <laughs> or, or baking or whatever. It's just like, but it is, all, it's, also all the power to all the power to the world, honestly. 
if people need an outlet, let them let them podcast. <laughs> I feel I feel like you know what? Like I, I feel like there's a double edged side of that because it's like, yeah, go ahead and form a podcast because people think, and it's not me bringing people down. It's just realism mm-hmm. here. It's like they think it's easy, and sometimes it can be. No, until you until until you realize like you're five episodes in, and you're kind of like. Oh, this was fun. So what do we do now? It's like, well, you got to kind of promote it. You got to kind of like, if you want, if, if yeah. you want that, like if you want people to listen. Yeah, I, I agree. And podcasts are just like, you have to, it is a lot of work. Like you said, it's like every week you need to, you know, come up with a new, like you need to like script them. Like my favorite podcasts are like not scripted, but they're very well researched, you know, cause every week you gotta, you know, you gotta come up with a topic or you gotta, you know, you know, really do your pop culture research you have to whatever your podcast is it's just like it, it's a lot of prep it's not just like a lot of the time some of my favorite podcasts i've realized like you know there's so much prep work and, and and that's why you go back to it because it's you know it's a thing you get addicted to it's a format it's a it's a conversation yeah. it's a voice also also sometimes just a voice like my favorite podcasts are just like i enjoy your voice talking about anything and that just okay. gives me that like soothes my anxiety so it's like yeah it's a it's a wild world, man. I'm, I'm happy. So, that people so how did, are, so, so Rob saying that, how does my voice make you sound? Does it make you feel like, Oh my God, I want to run really nice. Run to the hills. No, okay, no. You're, you got a very smooth. <laughs> I feel like you're meant to be doing this. Your voice gives off, uh, intent, which I like. Yeah. That that's like a lot of prep work. Like my actual voice sounds like, hi, Rob, what are you doing today? <laughs> and then you'd be like, what? Yeah. Yeah, this uh, isn't even real. You're just like AI. This is all just like this is that's all your. That's what it's going to come to. There's going to, you know yeah. what? If I could, if I had that technology where it's like one day I'm like, you know what? I'm not feeling it. Can you put in the AI Tobin to do this interview? And then the next oh minute, my it's God. like the, a, the AI Tobin. It's crazy. Like Kara sent us some like deep fake stuff the other day and it was freaking me out. I was like, okay, this is the point where I know it's been around for a while, deep fake, but it's getting so good now where I kind of said, I'm like, okay, this is where it gets scary. Cause like literally someone can recreate you yeah. and start their own Tobin tonight. That's Tobin tonight version two. And it's like, like, like the copy, like we're going to get to a point where we have to copyright people because <laughs> like, because someone can recreate me. I got to trademark my original, like yeah. OG yeah. Rob. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking crazy. But yeah, that's, that's, that's deep fake is where I'm starting to get scared. I'm like, someone can literally just pretend to literally be Morgan Freeman and just go say whatever they want on the internet. Really? And like people, and there's that. enough, unfortunately, like people in the world that will not be able to tell it's fake. And it's just going to start a whole bunch of problems. Well, but I think they've we'll had it on Instagram where there's a guy that like looks like Tom or like Tom Cruise. And then it's like, oh, wow. and then like his face is very similar to Tom Cruise. And then like, you go on it and you're like, okay, is this actually Tom Cruise? That's not, but you're like, man, like the, the way, whatever way he did with the camera work or whatever. Yeah. I'm it just, like, yeah, it's scary, I'm man. Like, I'm like, I'm surprised Tom Cruise <laughs> isn't like in your DMS being like, I'm coming for your soul. Yeah. I want to mention this because I, I do mention this with acts that we've had on, like in terms of, I'm seeing if I can find it here on my phone, but um, mm-hmm. like just to kind of say that, yes, I do support the act. Cause some people are like, Oh, like you have them on all, or you have these people on and you don't even show them that you actually went out and bought the music. Well, case in point, this is my phone and it has, you, uh, can, see, you can see the yeah, amount of songs yeah, that, that it has. Like, that's the library. I see it. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's very kind of you. Thank you. And that I actually paid way. for it. Okay. So like someone uh, owes me that money. Back. Very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're waiting for your Venmo. No, yeah, that's yeah. very sweet of you. Thank you so much. I want to, I want to ask you, of course, now, cause we're talking a little bit about the music side where I did show you the library. Some people are mm-hmm. like screenshotting my phone now being like, okay, let's start. Yeah. Yeah. 
tell me a little bit about how you came up with certain songs or your own kind of distinct voice. Cause I think that you guys do have a distinct, mm. uh, like niche or sound. Really? Cool. But, That's good to know. Um, I, I wanted to kind of give you a compliment in this sense. Cause anytime I see a song that you like, this is the social media world. So you got to put out snippets and then people like just to engage. But anytime I see a snippet from Valley, I'm mm. like, I will deeply listen to it. And then I, I kind of restrain myself from being like, you fuckers release that fucking shit now. I don't want to listen to it now. But like throwback tears, as soon as I was able to download that, downloaded it, went for a walk, loved mm. it. Because it reminded me of, I actually went to school at Carlton. And oh, cool. Now, I don't know if these are the vibes you want from these songs, but I was like, oh yeah. It's like, I remember one time like liking a girl and was very upset about it when like things didn't go my way. But now mm. like years later, looking back, I'm like, yeah, there's no reason to be upset about it. Like things just didn't yeah. work out. It's fine. Of course. Yeah. No. Thanks for saying that. That's very sweet of you. And yeah, it always it always means the world when people like you know because you know we have so many people loving the music and appreciating it. But it always feels nice when people kind of give you that real life perspective of how it's like entering their yeah. lives because that always means the world to me. Because like you know we try not to think about those things in writing the songs because we just want to write songs and like just focus on writing a great song and just hoping it'll resonate. But yeah, that means the world. But yeah, I mean, finding your own voice, it, it's definitely taken a while. It, longer than I think other artists and fans that we looked up to, like we always struggled that early on when we were trying to find our voice. Cause like, you know, a lot of artists, like, I don't know, there's just some artists that like they have it from day one. And I'm not saying they, they haven't worked for their voice or, or their whatever it is, but like they, it's just, it, it happens. It happens to like, connect a little bit quicker for instance like a billy eilish or something you know from day one like it the vision was there it's like yeah. she comes out with ocean eyes everyone's like holy shit like and it's and it's always you could see it like the, everything was there and ready to go um you know she was meant to be a star with us it's like okay two separate kind of people met after high school four crazy different personalities, really developing those personalities, getting to know each other as best friends. There's just a lot more like history to like kind of connect together. And for a while, yeah, we struggled with our sound. We we're like, are we gonna, you know, are we like a folk thing? Are we gonna like, you know, you, you spent so much time genrefying. And then there was a big switch making our first record. Uh, we put out an EP called This Room is White. And then we kind of put out maybe which was our debut, like coming of age. Like it was our album that we wanted to soundtrack our teenage movie, like our high school experience. And that was when we had a real pivoting point of our sound. If you listen to maybe top to bottom, like that is like quintessential turning point for this band where it's like, okay, they have a thing now. And that stemmed a lot from us, like spending years just figuring out like, okay, what did we grow up on? What are our influences? What like, what changed us as people that like is going to influence the music? Like what makes us fucking sad? What makes us happy? Like all that, like that's just becoming best friends and like analyzing each other created our sound. And now our sound, I would say is like, it's very, you know, we talk about real shit, obviously that's like the most important thing to us is just like talking about real things that have happened to us or people close to us, or, you know, just like, we want to always want to write from a perspective of believability. I think that's the biggest thing in songwriting is like, make it believable because all people want to do is believe you. And like when people don't believe you in a song, it's like, that's the hardest thing in the world to, to accept. But yeah, our, our, our value is always a songwriting. We're like, yeah, let's make it believable. Let's make it real. And you know, we, we have a good sense of nostalgia in our music. We, we like to reference a lot of older kind of music and like kind of 
melt it with, you know, what we're doing now. And I don't know, it's always just, it's, it's all over the place. I'm not really answering the question, but it's just finding the, the sound just, yeah, it took a lot of years of becoming friends, friends and like strengthening our friendship. Like that's where it really stemmed from. And then from there, you know, Mike and uh, Mickey and Karos, like we're singing um, a lot more on the earlier stuff. And then like when maybe happened, I kind of like almost, wow, we, we gave each other kind of more roles in the band where the strengths like really came together. So, you know, the band was like, I think Rob should, I was bringing a lot of songs to the band and they were like, I think your voice has this like resonance that feels right for what we're doing. So I started singing more and then Kara started kind of coming in with backgrounds and like verses. And like, we always kind of like, I mean, our trademark watermark is kind of like, you know, it's me singing the lead. And then Kara is this like beautiful, luscious, like cloud around my voice. That's kind of how we've designed a lot of our songs. Um, and that's kind of, it's not like a formula, but it's just like how we get a lot of like the feeling of our band. It's always this male and female vocal, but it's like, it's like friends singing. It's never, it never feels like, you know, we're not romantically involved. It's always felt like this, like friendship, like yearning of four emotions that are like best friends and like would die for each other. Like that's what the sound is. And a lot of that is, yeah, me and Kara kind of sing together. Which, yeah, we worked out really hard on because we were like, we want to make it seem like we're just like four best friends that make music in our parents' basement. Even And as we've grown more and more, it still kind of feels like that. Like every time we put out a song, I'm like, oh, this sounds like we still made it in Mickey's parents' basement and it has this DNA as we evolve. So anyways, long-winded question to yep, say, yep. <laughs> our sound came from us just like strengthening our friendships. And that's why it took longer than other artists that just come out out of the gate and they're like, this is our sound. This yeah. is who I am. I'm going to take over the world. Like for us, it was a very slow grow of like, okay, what are our values? What's our identity? How are we going to change and evolve? Okay. Let's bring Kara in for vocals. Let's do this. Let's do this. I don't know. It's, it was just always kind of playing around with the idea and it's always going to evolve. Like yeah. our next, the record is such a evolvement of maybe. And, um, you know, I, I fly to LA next week to start working on the third album. And I already know the third album is going to be so different than lost in translation. It's just, we're a constant revolving door of like, of identity, you know? You did mention about working on third album, but like, let's, let's give it time mm -hmm. here, Rob, to breathe on the current one. Oh uh, yeah. We're workaholics. <laughs> I don't stop working. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I, I, I'm different. If someone told me to stop working, I'd be like, gladly. We're okay. <laughs> like, sure. I just love uh, what we love what we do, you know, yeah. like as soon oh, as we submitted lost in translation, I was like, yeah. okay, I got the vision for the next one. Let's go. You know, I, I yeah. just get really excited. I feel like that's probably like sometimes with episodes, like I have a, an idea of what I want to do for an episode. And then like right. three days, like after going for a walk, I'm like, yes, let's go do that. And then by the time I get home, complete opposite of what you are, I'm just still like, all right, that was a great idea. It's like, right. maybe, maybe someday, <laughs> maybe someday. Maybe someday. Yeah. But I got to take a, yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I have to really stop myself because it's like, you know, the band's always joking with me. They're like, dude, like the second album's not even out yet. Like, just take it in. Like yeah, you just finished it. like a 16 song album, like yeah. relax. But I'm like, uh, but I want to get started. So I'm literally, I go in LA next week with Mickey and we're, we're writing all week for the next album. So that, that's um, you have if anyone's listening, the there's so much Valley music. It's crazy. Yeah. It's that, very behind the band. It's us. It's yeah. the band sitting me down. Having That's the thing that describes our band to like no end. Like, <laughs> most most fucking rock bands and I, i'm not stereotyping any rock bands i'm not saying yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm not glorifying this but like we always joke it's like any other band sitting down their like singer being like 
dude, we got to talk about the drinking or dude, we got, we got to talk about, we got to talk about some things, but like, it's the band sitting me down going, dude, just take a day off. Like we need to, or just take it in. Like we just finished an album, relax, go live your life. And then we can write some songs in a, in a few weeks. But yeah, I'm just too obsessed with it. You know, like, I don't know, remember who said this, but like, you know, we, we make music cause we have to, not cause we want to, I can't imagine, like I have no other purpose, but to write songs and make music and, you know, do it with my friends. Like, and we're very lucky that we get to do that. And we're very privileged and we realize how privileged of a position that even is yeah. in 2023 to like, just wake up and write songs and, and put them out in the world. It's crazy. Like we're like so I lucky. Like I know who said that that was Michael Keaton in Jack Frost. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are, a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking, who doesn't? But ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors. Activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn. Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us. Women of Ill Repute. <laughs> I love that. that that's what he said like right before like he left his kids for like you know mm-hmm. to go on a tour, he's like we make music because we love it not because we have to not because like, we have to but dad my hockey tournament he's like we're about Shit. to sign a we're about to sign a major label deal and then it's really happening oh yeah. i love that movie i haven't watched yeah. Shaq frost in so long i should have watched that this song Jack Frost season. is like so i grew up with like how the grinch stole christmas jim carrey nice. that's my, my favorite one but over, the t- but over time, I've grown to kind of accept Jack Frost. It's like, you know, when you go on like a Rotten Tomatoes and they're like, this movie's shit. Right? And you're right. like, not, not to me, it's not. That's how See, I feel here's about the Jack thing, Frost. Like, <laughs> actually, I want to make sure, because Rotten Tomatoes, I feel I get stuff wrong often. Like, oh, I'm absolutely. always struggling yeah. with like Rotten Tomatoes because everyone's like, did you check Rotten Tomatoes? And I'm like, yes, but like, it's let me down numerous times. Like, I'm pretty sure Forrest, let me check. I'm pretty sure Forrest Gump doesn't have a good rating on rotten well i don't my favorite movie all time is mr deeds and i'm sure they're giving that like shit and i'm like yeah okay they gave they gave it a 71 which i guess is okay for rotten yeah rotten tomatoes is often 
uh, done me dirty. And, and yeah, Mr. Deeds, another example. But I think that's because Adam Sandler is like either a love or hate. That's the thing. There's some actors that it's like, it's it's either you love it or hate it. It's the same thing with Jim Carrey. A lot of people are like, oh, I can't do the slapstick thing. It's too it's too meta in a way. But it's like either you get it or you know, you know, Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, like those are kind of the kind of actors where it's like you either fall in love because they kind of play the same person every movie in the best yeah. way because because they, they're just themselves like to to the core. So it's kind of yeah, it's either you kind of love it or hate it. It's like Steve Carell too. Steve Carell yeah, like, just like has that he has that style. It's like brick to me is kind of Michael Scott in a way, in a weird way. I know it's not, but like, I don't know. There's just some actors that just like have that, that just like really ambitious, like personality. That's how I feel about Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell movies. When I was younger, yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Alex in so- a band does the best Adam Sandler <laughs> impression ever. I was so excited when I was younger to go see those movies. But as I get older, like there's a part of you, like it's not that they're not your favorite actors or comedians or whatever anymore but there's a realization that you're like you know what maybe not mm-hmm. like i remember love adam sandler we'll go yeah. watch adam sandler movies but there is a point where i'm just like jack and jill no i mean this is, we're comparing like this is a really good point because it's like with artists with with legacy acts and like artists that stand the test of time you know yeah. everyone has that kind of relationship with any form of like art really that that stands the test of time and that's Actually, I think about this a lot. That's a big part of like, not sacrifice, but like in a, in a, in a proper, like longevity of an artist's career, you're going to have those moments, you know? And there's some artists that like, and it's all based on perspective, but like, you know, if you look at a band like Coldplay who's put out so many albums and has filled stadiums for literally almost a decade, it's like, you're going to have that ride too. You know, there's going to be fans that, you know, love one album and then, kind of fall off for one, another one because it's like oh it just wasn't my kind of thing and then another one comes down they're like oh my god they're my favorite band again like you just kind of have that journey with a lot of legacy artists because like they're going to make music their whole life they're going to try new things they're going to evolve they're going to experiment because again they're legacy acts they're, they're doing this for the rest of their lives and like there comes a point where they're like i don't really it's like it's all it comes back to like the most self and pure form of expression where it's like i'm just going to kind of do us now like we've done everything we've filled the stadiums i'm just going to like do what i want to do and that that is their jack and jill you know like adam or forever you know he might have been like i've proven myself i've done so much like i've made hit after hit after hit movie so fucking what if i want to do jack and jill i love the script people might hate it but i want to do it and like you're going to get that with legacy acts and and i think that's a beautiful thing because it it allows artists and actors and people at that point in the career to go back to their inner kid because they go back to the state of like i don't care anymore i've proven myself i'm just gonna do whatever the fuck i want and that's like the most beautiful inner kid to find at like you know maybe after the peak of your career same thing with artists you know so you telling me that like, no. in 20 years we're going to see Valley on like a legacy tour and I'm just going to be like no, I used to love no. I used to love I only yeah <laughs> yeah yeah are they only the hits but uh yeah you know that, that that's the, that's the beautiful thing you know I look at so many artists like Jonas Brothers another good example like when you start that love, young yeah. you're going to you're going to go through so many different bumps in the road you know there's years where I you know I feels like the world forgot about them and now they're having the biggest moment in the world yeah. and it's just like it's going to happen, you know, when you're an artist for a long time and you have that success, you know. In 20 years, I know I said it'd be like legacy in 20 years time, but knowing you and what you said earlier, no, it was like, it would be like a behind the scenes bands versus to like, they'll have the camera up and they'll be like, yeah. be like 
I'm working on our 10th album or something. Yeah. Like, Shut the fuck up, Rob. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> We're here breathe. doing our 12th studio album. Yeah. 18 yeah. songs. Yeah. Plus a delight. Yeah. No, I don't know. Well, you know why? Like to kind of tie this all in, in a funny aspect where you like, you know, when you grew up at like, I guess nineties, early two thousands and you'd see like 3am you'd wake up and I know they, they do this on Instagram now and I don't know who the audience is for. I guess like mm. a younger generation looks at it and be like, man, that's stupid. Right. I'm like, no, we grew up in it. Like, you wake no, up at 3 a.m. You wake yeah. up at 3 a.m. and it's like love songs of the 90s on three CDs. Yeah. That's Woman what it's going to be, part that's one, what it's gonna be with Valley. It's going to be like you're going to be like 80 years old and they're going to be like the best of Valley. And then you're going to like cut off the promotion and just be like, what do you mean the best Dude. of? I'm still working on stuff. Stop. be a band till we're like 80, I'm going to be the happiest person in the world. Yeah. It's just like there's, you know, even though like, for instance, Pink Floyd. Everyone talks about Pink Floyd and like, obviously they've made so many albums, some albums that people love, some albums that people don't even fucking know exist. But like, you know, I, we, I say Pink Floyd, we think of the wall or dark side of the moon. Like those are the albums that change the world, but they put out like David Gilmore. And like, for instance, I just saw him recently with my dad, like he's put out so much more music and they've done so much stuff, but like, you can tell he's just so like carefree and just doing what he wants. Not that like that matters, but it's like, you know, we saw him live. He's just like ripping hours and hours of music, bunch of B-sides, like songs he hasn't put out yet. It's just like, it's such a beautiful thing where he's just like, I don't know. I've kind of done it. I've done, like I, I showed the world, you know, what I'm capable of. We put out some game changing albums and now I'm just kind of like retired, but I get to still tour arenas. Like it's like such a beautiful, pure place to be. So I always like hope every artist, actor, whatever, just like finds that inner child once they've, you know, proven themselves to the world. Cause at the end of the day, everyone just wants to prove themselves in the world and say that, you know, I matter the art I make matters, but you know, for instance, I saw you were doing an interview with John Stamos. Yeah. I was going to reference that with the dog. That was so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was such a beautiful conversation. Cause it's like, he's another example, you know, started so young, like, you know, full house and whatever, like he's done so many iconic roles you know, and then there was a season where he started doing, you know, I think it was dancing with the stars and this and that, like, you know, he's just like, there's a, comes a point where it's like, okay, what do I want to do? The world, the world knows I'm John Stamos and I kick ass. Now I just get to like be me. I'm like, yeah, that's just like the best place. So that's like the one things I'm so scared of getting old. I literally like, I am terrified of getting old, but the one thing that keeps me hopeful about getting old is finding that inner child and not giving a fuck about anything. Cause like there is that point. I want to ask you a little bit of like the fun aspect to wrap it up here. Um, mm -hmm. We'd like to have a game of random questions. Love it. Hit me. Hit All me right. Tobin. All right. Okay. All right. So I'm not going to hit you one more time like Brittany, but um, oh! was, this guy uh, came prepared with his one liners. I love it. So for, for the first one, what is the most embarrassing moment that you can think of that happened either like on tour, on stage, or just in general in your life? Oh man, that's a good question. There's probably so many, but man, I, what are you talking about? Is this this conversation is the most no no <laughs> this conversation is embarrassing. <laughs> on tour, there's so many. Oh my god, I gotta think of one. I mean, one time on stage, my like belt came undone and like my pants were like falling down. That was embarrassing, and I had to quickly turn around and fix that. That was embarrassing. I've definitely announced the wrong city on stage before. I think we were in Birmingham and I said Nashville or something like that. That's happened before, which is really silly. I've, I've fucked up so many lyrics too. Like there's like, we played our biggest show in Toronto at the opera house. We did two sold out nights and I just literally was like, I blanked out. I think I was staring at like 
a couple arguing in the crowd. Like something, there was like <laughs> something happening in the crowd that like got my attention. And I just started staring at them and I was like, oh shit, like they're actually arguing like during the show. Sorry, that's our dog. They're starting to like argue during the show. And I was like, oh fuck, what's going on? And then I literally just like didn't sing the verse. So the band's just looking at me and they're like, you're going to sing the verse? And I'm like, oh, and we literally had to like cut it out of the live video that we're filming. But there's been shit like that. Just dumb. It's mostly dumb shit on stage that I just do for no reason. But yeah, wrong city, wrong city on stage is like pretty, like that's a classic one, but it's, yeah. it hurts because people actually kind of judge you for it. They're like you little bitch, like you literally don't even like know where you are right now. And then artists are like, yeah, but like, I just, it's so funny. Cause artists are like, yeah, I just wake up and roll off the bus. I don't know where I am at any time. I'm like, you're there for a day, you know where you are. So there's no yeah. excuse. Yeah. So yeah, I've definitely done that. Anyways, long winded answer to embarrassing moments. I feel sure. like, so like to kind of give you mind, just cause I don't want to leave you hanging. It's like, mm -hmm. I remember doing like, so the one, some of the, they're not embarrassing. Cause you look back at them later maybe and be like, you know what? Like you'll have it as a memory. But the Stamos, right. Stamos conversation you're talking about, uh -huh. my dad, because like right here, like so on the door, there's a door here that leads uh -huh. to my room. And uh, my dad walked in while we were doing the interview. Uh -huh. and he was like, uh, so John was, you know, waving. And I was like, well, I got the earbuds and he can't hear you. So then I was right. waving my dad over and he's like, who's that? And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, uh -oh. oh, my and then, God. And then. And then he finally, and then I was like, dad, he's on like full house and dad doesn't watch anything. So he doesn't know. Yeah. And then he comes over. He's, he's like, like, not aware. And then he's like, <laughs> I, he's like, I was like, just say hello to him, dad. Like, don't be rude. And he's like, I don't got my teeth in. And I was oh, like, my oh. God. And, then, and then Stamos heard that. And he's like, uh -huh. it's okay. I don't got my teeth in either. I'm like, both of you are uh, idiots. Like, that is, Stamos, no, but that is a perfect this. moment. That is such a John Stamos thing though like you know what i mean that, that's yeah. just such a clever and funny way of dealing with the like some situation i love that that makes yeah. that makes me so happy. I, I felt i felt bad because i'm like now i gotta send this to his pr person of like here's the whole interview oh and, like, that's cute and, i think that's a cute like, wait your dad doesn't know who stamos is i'd be like to be fair <laughs> if you told me to go interview someone from like happy days i'd be like yeah it'd be like who yeah Maybe? Like, who? i think yeah. i know a happy day <laughs> yeah. for sure all right. What's a song that you do like performing on stage compared to like, not that it's the most popular, but one that uh -huh. you're personally like, I like it. Fuck you guys. 100%. <laughs> There's a lot off our first record right now. We're in the middle of like, we're, do, we're, we're at a point where we have so many songs that it's like making a set list. is kind of like a case study. Like all of us have to get in a room and be like, okay, like talk about the flow of the set. How is this song going to flow into this song? And, what are people thinking at this point in the set and why well, this song doesn't feel right to this song. It's just the whole psychology of it. But one song that we've been playing in rehearsal that we're excited to bring back is a song called sports car off our record. Maybe that one is like kind of a deep cult cut for our fans. And yeah, it's just been really fun to play. Like it, it's this very like nostalgic kind of high school love anthem. So we've been doing that, which I'm excited for. But yeah, I would say uh, Sports Car, Watery Brain. Those are two kind of deep cuts from Maybe, and they're really fun, special songs. The last random question that we have here. This one's mm -hmm. not, like over, is it not like overly bad, but um, mm -hmm. who do you think in the band would be like the first one to say, I'm done, it's over? Like not that they necessarily are leaving the band, but they're right. just like annoyed at, one, at something that one of you did and said, fuck it, oh I can't my God. do it anymore. Honestly... I, I can't see any of us doing that for real. 
Um, when, I feel like that would have happened in the, yeah, yeah. you know, we've been, we've been friends for almost nine years. So if it were to happen, it would happen already. But honestly, probably me, I could be a bit of a, not a diva sometimes, but like, I, I feel like I have the most like emotional, uh, explosive response if i'm like really not having a good day so it would probably be some version of me going you know like i'm i'm sick of this shit i'm leaving but um not that i ever have but you know it, it would probably be me i, I think it, i think it's funny because figure out myself yeah, i was gonna be i think it's funny because that's the whole setup here this whole time we're having the conversation the two yeah. people like i'm like running back and forth in the background there yeah, they're right, slowly right. getting their shit and moving out they're like, <laughs> they're they're like, like I, i've heard five minutes of this interview and i'm i'm done yeah i'm done, yeah, I'm done. He, he talks a lot about himself and they're like no no it's like that's it like it's like it would mm-hmm. be Instead of it being Valley, you see just mm-hmm. the other three members. Like, so, you know, Kara, <laughs> yeah, Mickey and Alex, they just leave. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? Instead of the song, fuck D12, I'm out of this band. They're like, fuck Rob, I'm out of this band. And you're just like, hey, that's about me. Oh, my God. Um, about me now. But yeah, I'll, I'll point the finger at myself. Yeah. That can be annoying. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Rob Laska from the band Valley for coming on to the show. Remember... You can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening, and good night. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.